Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. I apologize for the laughter, but uh, right before we started, I looked over and Michael Miller was doing the lawnmower or something. So, was a sprinkler. Oh, the sprinkler. The sprinkler. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, it must have been a bad sprinkler because <laughs> Brent didn't know what it was. <laughs> it was the lawnmower. No, I, sorry. I'm focusing on other things. But yeah, um, as we've shared with you before, we really enjoy that music. So sometimes we come in and have a little dance party when we start. But um, anyway, welcome back for another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. As always, we are happy to have you joining us and hope that you... Uh, are enlightened and learn something today, and hope that we are as well as we go through this journey. Um, today, I'm joined by Michael Miller, Daniel Yelverton, and we have a special guest, Sean Mann. Say hello, Sean. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so, uh, Sean, just give us a little background, if you would, on um, your past and what's okay. brought you here today. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, my past, you know, growing up, I, I grew up in a Christian home, Pentecostal um, belief is what we believed in growing up, and um, very charismatic. And uh, where, where we ended up at Blanchester Nazarene Church was back in 2001, I believe it was. My wife started going there. She went on her own, and I just didn't want any part of church. I didn't want to, you know, hear of it or anything. She came home one one Sunday morning. She said, hey, I went to the altar. I said, Where's I, I got saved, you know, and, and I actually said, no, you, you didn't. You know, I was really just, I was really against God in so many different ways. And... Uh, so, you know, just kind of a, a long story short, and, 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 you know, from where my past led me to where I am today, um, I used to play in, in, uh, in bars and, in you know, rock and roll scene, that whole, you know, oh, that, yeah. that whole scene, man. That's, that's Brent has familiar. no idea that, what you're talking about. Yeah, and exactly. and it, it's, it's kind of like, my, you know, God's brought me full circle in so many ways. Um, where I first heard God's voice was in a bar, and I didn't drink. I wasn't drinking. I didn't do that. My brother didn't, and I was kind of, you know, I was just a safe driver for him and a few others. But um, after midnight down here at Elmer's, um, you know, I, I heard God speaking to me for the very first time, and, and it really freaked me out. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, what was that? <laughs> and I heard it again. Sean, what are you doing? What are you doing here? I have better plans for your life. Mm. Well, needless to say, that following night, this was a Saturday night, and that following Sunday evening, I get a call from Pastor Paul Crisp, and he says, Sean, he said, we're starting up a Saturday night worship team at a church. He said, I just thought about you. God had you in my heart. Do you have any interest in that? Well, he did. <laughs> Little did he know that I was going to call him, you know, actually this Monday and say, you know, I, we've been coming to your church off and on. My wife has, and just kind of wanted to get plugged in somehow, see what I needed to do. I did that for two years, riding the fence, going to the bar music Saturday night, uh, worship, and it was just, I was on the fence. And then, you know, God captured my heart, man. It was one Tuesday um, Bible study. Took me about five hours, man, but I surrendered it all to God, <laughs> and just from there, you know, just every, you know, the the, the rest is history. You know, um, mm-hmm. I just I live for Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And you you led worship there, right, at the church for how yes. long? Yes, um, for I see since two thousand and four. Yeah, yeah. So you got a little bit of experience with worship. Correct. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) All right. Well, man, we're happy to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Um, So guys, today's chapter is Colossians 4, um, and it is Tuesday, October 9th. So um, we will just go ahead and get into the the reading here in just a second, but we want to set it up a little bit. Um, Michael and maybe Daniel too, I can't remember what you guys said before, but we wanted to get a little context on this chapter. So you guys, the floor is yours. Sure. Um, so something that uh, I thought was interesting with this is um, I, I was telling the guys before that we recorded is, is uh, this weird thing with with Colossae. I can't even say the word right, but Colossae, Coloss, whatever. It was destroyed by an earthquake somewhere around 60 or 61 A.D. So we know that the, obviously 
Paul had to have written this before the earthquake, because that'd be really dumb to write a letter to a place that had been destroyed. Mm -hmm. So we know that that as far as the date's concerned, it's got to be sometime around around 60 or 58, somewhere in that in that kind of vicinity. And uh, Colossae was a, a small town. It was like a Blanchester. It was between two cities. Um, so this isn't a place that he would write just you know for a bunch of people to read. He was writing because there were issues. Mm-hmm. So so he cared enough to write to a small town to try to see if he can fix some issues. And the biggest thing was there was some heresy being preached. We're not 100% sure what heresy was being preached, but we do know that his response was... Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is the this letter is the most about Jesus of any. Now I know the Bible's about. I get it, but like we have a lot about Jesus and, and about conforming our identity in Christ. More of that here than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So this is Paul's Jesus book, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and and that's and he's combating heresy uh, in this book. Okay. Anything else, Daniel? What, what did I miss? No, I mean, I think you hit it on with the centrality of Jesus in this in this scripture. I mean, it's, it's, it permeates this entire book. And uh, so you're going to see, uh, we're, we're at the tail end of it. So we're going to get a lot of uh, Paul's kind of summation of the book, but then also his his closing comments that he has to his friends and to his co-workers. And, uh, but if, uh, as you've been reading through this, if you've been following us with the chapter day, you've been seeing this, you've been seeing this common thread of the supremacy of Christ that, uh, I mean, you see it in Colossians chapter one, that all things are created by him for him and he holds everything together. Right. And, and I think this becomes a really great book for us because that's the centrality of our faith. So not only is Christ the centrality of our universe, it's also the centrality of, of our faith. And I think it's easy for us to get off. Uh, off balance when it yeah. comes to that. We can make other things more central than Christ. And, and so this is a great reminder of that, and it's a great reminder of not only our faith, but also who we are as people and our identity, like you were saying. And uh, like Colossians 3, our life is hidden in Christ. I mean, there's some really powerful truths that we get from this book that Paul gives us. Okay. All right, you guys. So this is Colossians 4 from the Dwell app, available on iTunes and anywhere you can get apps. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time, that your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Tychicus will tell you all about my activities He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. And Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, 
concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. They have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, See that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. So that's Colossians 4. Any thoughts from you guys? Anything that you'd like to address right off the bat? All right, something I've been just itching to talk about. <laughs> All right. So, um, All right. Yeah, let's let's do it. <laughs> All right. So, um, there's this thing that I think um, atheists and and others um, use in in the beginning of this chapter that actually starts in chapter three. Um, that that's dangerous. Okay, and it's it's this whole thought of bond servants and masters, right? The idea of slavery. They're like, see, look, the Bible supports slavery, and you'll see this in a couple different different places in Scripture. And so, and, and people in the 1800s in America used this for the African slave trade. Be like, as long as I treat my slaves good, we're we're fine, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 they they use Scripture like this to to back it up and act like it's all good and it's okay. It's not, and that's not what the Scripture is saying. So, here's what I want you to picture: you and I. We all go to work, right? We make money. Unless you're a really good follower of Dave Ramsey, <laughs> why do you go to work? Because we all have debts, yeah. and we have to pay off our debts. I'm a bond servant, right? I have debts, and I have to pay them off. I have to go work for the man so I can go pay off my debts. Now, imagine a long time ago if I had too many debts, and um, someone said, hey, you know what? I know you owe me lots of money but work for me for, for 10 years, and you'll be debt-free. Okay, deal. Mm-hmm. That's a bond servant. okay? Mm-hmm. Paul is talking about that. Paul is talking about someone working and paying off their debts. Unfortunately, sometimes people, you know, it may not just be financial. There might be some other family debt that has nothing to do with money, and sometimes this can go more than one generation. So, yes, there are some instances where people were enslaved, that that had nothing to do with them, but it had everything to do with their father or grandfather. So, I mean, so it's not perfect, okay? But don't act like Paul's addressing the African slave trade about going and grabbing people out of their village and saying, just as long as you treat them okay. No. And the reason why I can say that on biblical authority is, is if you look at the cultural background of things like Romans 1. Romans 1 we have this whole idea of idolatry, and, and Paul's tackling that, and he shows some evidences of idolatry. 
And part of it is that there is, there are there's temple prostitution, and there and there's slavery within that. There are sexual slaves. There are people that that it wasn't a bond servant situation. There were people that were being prostituted out, that they were being enslaved beyond their will, had nothing to do with with payment, had nothing to do with debt. And Paul condemns that. And and if you understand the 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 background of Romans one, so. So be clear that, that that kind of slavery is condemned in the Bible. So Paul is, so a, a more of a modern you know, reference, if we want to understand this in a modern context, when he talks about slaves obeying your masters and masters you know, treating your, your slaves with respect, a better, con- a, better, a better application is you as an employee or you as a boss at work. So this, this, I think the better application is how we should treat each other at the workplace. So I want to just, off the bat, <laughs> I wanted to throw that down that way that we're dragging. Would you guys have any thoughts on that? No, I mean, I, I totally agree. And and I think you said you, you have to do context here because we're just jumping in in Colossians 4 and we're jumping at the very end of what Paul is saying here about doing everything that you do in the name of Jesus by giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever you do in word or deed, you do it, uh, everything in the name of Jesus. And then Paul starts giving specific applications. So that's in Colossians three seventeen, And then he's like, wives, this is what you should do. This is your application right. to to living in a way that is doing it in the name of Jesus, you know. So, wives, you love your husband, you submit to your husbands. You know, husbands love. Uh, don't your open wives. up that can. Oh, Dan. I don't. Don't worry <laughs> about it. We're, you know, children obey your parents. It's, it's just saying, like, basically saying whatever your whatever your walk of life is, you're interacting with people, right? And so that every interaction with per, with a person has the opportunity to show them the name of Jesus, to show right. them the love of Jesus, right. and everything in this whole book is about Jesus. And if Jesus is the the beginning and the end, He's the one that's holding all of it together. He is the one that everything is created by him and for him, then he needs to be central in everything, including our relationships, including our workplace. So the centrality of Jesus is so important. So this is not just about pulling out just a specific verse that says that slavery is okay. This is Jesus. Paul is saying, no, actually, Mm. what I'm trying to say here is that Jesus needs to be central in every human interaction that you have, family, your, the way you relate to your children, the way you relate to your spouses, the way you relate to your bosses, the way you relate to your employees, yes. everything needs to be centered around Christ. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think a lot of that, Brent, your your message about worship, I believe that right there is the key to worship. It's a lifestyle in that we live, you know, each and every day, how we love, how we serve one another, how we reach out, how we help, you know, just being the love of Christ. I mean, I know out in the workplace, in the world, we hear a lot of people don't want to come to church because they say the church is full of hypocrites. Mm. We know the church is full of you know imperfect people. We know that you know we get it. But I know, I like here in verse five it says, "Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most out of every opportunity." Mm-hmm. You know, and it's so important. It's very crucial. Yeah, it's Christians. Yeah. It's about being ambassadors. Right. Um, I just love the simplicity of the fact that we get to touch on this. Something that we've talked about a lot on here is context is key. Yeah. Yeah. So much so that uh, we would talk about that a lot. And this is just another fine example of it where you have to know the whole story instead of just cherry picking what sounds good and what appeals to you. I mean, look at that. People cherry picked Mm. and used the Bible to justify yes, slavery. So I just really like the fact that we get to drive a home again, that context is so important in your reading. So before yeah. you go quoting any Bible scriptures to anybody to yes. justify anything, make sure that you know 
where that actually came from and what he's talking about. I there's agree. A, I agree. There's a verse in, in Luke 4. I might have said this. I, I forget what I said on the podcast and not at this point, but, but there's this <laughs> verse in Luke 4 where actually Satan and Jesus are having this conversation. You know, and Satan <laughs> says basically, you know, and if you fall down and worship me, I'll give you all of this, you know, and mm-hmm. as you're looking at, you know, over the city. And I've seen it in a calendar where, you know, that, that, that verse is quoted like in a Christian calendar. You know, if you, if you fall down and worship me, I'll give you the world or something like that. And it's like, no, dude, that was Satan. <laughs> right. Okay. That was oh, man. way to quote a, a Bible verse and twist it out of context, no, right? Yeah. And we do this <laughs> oh. all the time. Yeah, it's terrible. Holy but hey, but what was that in verse five? What did your? I think you might have put it away by now. Because in verse five, mine says, because I, I thought I think this is beautiful. It says, "Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, uh, making the best use of the time." What did yours say? Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most out of every opportunity. Mm-hmm. I either way. I think that's important because like yeah. we need to, to walk with wisdom. You know, we need, we need to, to be wise with our time and, and it continues. Let your speech always be gracious seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I mentioned uh, the, these verses about slavery and such is and, and Daniel was talking earlier that look, I'm not saying when someone says, well, the Bible supports slavery. I'm not saying for you to just pound the table and say, no, it doesn't, you idiot. <laughs> this is, it means this. Didn't you hear the podcast? Michael was talking about bond servants and stuff. No. I mean, we should be wise. We should be able to answer these questions. But we, but we should be gracious, seasoned with salt, so we mm-hmm. may know how to answer each person. Uh, so I, I think we should talk with outsiders, but we should be smart in the way that we do it. Yeah, and so, can I say real quick, just one small thing right no, before you get to it. it. <laughs> I'm like the layman guy on this, right? I point stuff out that I don't know if people understand. So when you when it says um, seasoned with salt, what it means in that is if you're confused, is is make sure that what you're saying is appealing to people, has love to people, right. draws them in, mm-hmm. isn't harsh and, you know, without anything that would appeal to them so that they actually connect with it and listen yes. and through you start to go, huh, there's something different mm-hmm. about that person. Let mm-hmm. me find out who this Jesus is, you know? Right. So, sorry, I just wanted to... No, no, you're, quick. I mean... I think I, you stole Daniel's thunder, man. Absolutely I? not. No, 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 that was good. I mean, you're right, because I mean, it's good to bring some con- or some clarity to like the terminology there and, and different versions say like attractive. So like make yeah. your speech attractive. And, and I, I think that there's so much... Understanding intent, understanding what's uh, what's kind of a heart behind anything that we're doing, uh, is is huge because anyway we interact with our relationships, like understanding the intent behind somebody that would use scripture to manipulate slavery is the intent behind it is the thing yes. that is is so destructive. You know what I mean? And so uh, I think that when it comes to conversations, and I could say that we're probably a pretty argumentative culture. I mean, I think that's part of, there is so much about... Understatement of the year. <laughs> yeah, is there so much about like your truth, my truth, you know, mm-hmm. let's have a Facebook post and let's all be friends, right? You know, I'm sure we're all friends on Facebook, right? Um, but I think that... Uh, uh, you know, it's it's interesting that that Paul here is is talking about living wisely, making most of every opportunity, and let your conversation be gracious and attractive, or seasoned mm-hmm. with salt. And and I, 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 man, like, I think that there is. What's the win? 
when you have, when you're in a conversation with somebody that disagrees with you or that doesn't see things the way that you see them, what's going to be the win? What's going to be the win that's going to glorify Christ, right? I mean, is it going to be, I think it's interesting to me because I don't think anything about Christ screams insecurity, right? And so if somebody doesn't believe in Jesus for who he is or who he says he is, do you think that Jesus becomes insecure about that? No. You know, not at all. No. If anything, you know, he, he's broken that they don't see that he is the hope, that he is the he is the way, that he is life. He is everything that they've been looking for. And so he wants to show that to them in a gracious and loving way. He wants to do that with love. And I think sometimes we can take that as if they don't see the, who Jesus is, that we need to defend that to the teeth and to like, to uh, almost to the obliteration of the other person or to the obliteration of the argument. Yeah. And I think we lose. We lose every single time because I think the most valuable thing that anybody ever had, like the most valuable thing on this planet is not ideologies. It's the people that Jesus died for. Yeah. You know, and that is the most valuable thing. That's the most, that's the greatest currency. The one command that we have is not love God and win every argument that's against God. It's love God and love people, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, and I think that there is, there's something really important for here to us to really take home, especially in our culture when it comes to our conversation, is using our words wisely, is knowing that every time we get a chance to interact with somebody in conversation and speech is an opportunity. Now, and what's going to be gained out of that opportunity? Are you going to win the argument and lose the brother or the sister Mm -hmm. are you going to lose the forest over the tree yeah you know and and so that that to me just kind of really hits home especially in our cultural context and i got this is my note for when i'm listening to this podcast later to rewind and go back and listen to that again because like daniel was doing like his yoda impersonation like a bunch of little snippets of wisdom <laughs> so everybody everybody push pause right now and like go back and hear that little thing again about like insecurities and like just man that that was beefed up with with all kinds of good stuff man yeah it, yeah and i mean and it's and it you you know you asked what what's the win and you addressed it but i think the simplest way to say it is the win is pretty much never going to be when at the end of the conversation you feel victorious and like you put somebody in their place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what yeah. everybody seems to be searching for lately. Right. And that's not how you win. That's not how you bring people together at all. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the things that's lacking the most in the conversation right now. Yeah. It, not just, not in this conversation, but in in the conversation right now. I think that's, man, it's so important. You know, I had, I had a Facebook, actually it was like a direct message or whatever. Um, conversation with someone that that I'm friends with, but we we f- felt exact opposite on an issue. So he he instead of making it you know a, you know a difficult time, he took it off of the public thing and he and he and he, and he messaged me, and we had a good dialogue, mm-hmm. and and at the end of the day we disagreed. But he's like, you know what, this was a good conversation. Yeah. I felt like that was a win. Oh yeah, right. absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I I didn't need to convince him. He didn't need to convince me. I learned a few things. He learned a few things. Um, we softened our stance a bit. Both of us did. But like, yeah. I, I don't I don't think that sometimes a win is ha ha ha. You're wrong. I think sometimes a win is, you know what? We we learn something and we don't hate each other. Yeah. You know? We agree mm-hmm. to disagree, and we still can go have a meal with each other after this. Yeah. Right. That's a win. You know, like. So, yeah, I, in a way, like, I feel like it would have been, I don't know what was in the conversation, but I feel like it would have possibly been beneficial for that to happen in the public forum to, for people to see that. True. 
Yeah. I think, you know, you and I, we've talked a lot about stuff on Facebook and we disagree on some things, but something that is so beneficial is the fact that you and I are still sitting here today yeah. having this yeah. conversation yeah. Yeah. as friends and we disagree on things and that's okay. Right. Well, and that goes back to the theme of Colossians. It's Jesus. Yeah. Now, look, we can disagree on a million things politically, right? Mm-hmm. But we both love Jesus. And I think that's kind of the point here, yeah. is that we should love Jesus and we should, should try to shape our lives after, after him. We should have our identity in Christ. I think if we do that, sure, we might disagree on this and that and the other thing. But let's get Jesus right, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I'm, we're going to backtrack a little bit because we're jumping sure. into the conversation, the end of the conversation that Paul's having with sure, the sure. believers in Colossae. But, man, I, I love Colossians chapter 3. I mean, it is awesome. And, like, you could start anywhere. We could start in verse 12, which I think is really good. But but I like verse 13 all the way down to kind of verse, like, 16, 17. Because we, 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 we basically said something about, like, whatever you do and say, do it as a representative to Jesus, which is mm-hmm. verse 17. But if you go back, Paul's giving some really good, like, almost like right on your mirror application right you know like make these reminders to yourself on a daily basis it says make allowance for each other's faults this is in the new living translation by the way make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you remember the lord forgave you so you must must forgive others above all so this is everything if you miss everything above all clothe yourself with love which binds us together in perfect harmony or unity Mm -hmm. you know let peace that comes from christ the peace that comes from not winning an argument or being you know having a a a super uh you know higher intellect or a more superior conversation let the peace that comes from christ rule your hearts for we are all members of one body and we are all called to live in peace and always be thankful and then i love this let the message about christ in all of its richness which I think in itself is really powerful because I think the message of Christ has to be so not only rich in value to us, but rich in just like savory Mm -hmm. uh, to us. Let it fill your lives. Teach and counsel others with all the wisdom that he gives. You know, and then, and so that, that to me, I love that just chunk of scripture because it's packed full of so much application. But I mean, yeah, let the message of Christ in all of its richness, man, let it fill your life. Right. You know? Yeah, it's the answer. I mean, Jesus should win every one of our arguments. Yeah, yeah. Amen. <laughs> I mean, man, that is that, that is like perfect summation right there. Yeah, I, yeah. Nice. I think that's and, and I think once again, I think that a lot of the reason that we're where we are is because Jesus is being taken out of everything. Yeah. So then we don't have that basis to go back to for the people on both sides of the argument to be like, well, you know what? This is how I feel. That's how you feel. But above all, this is what we should honor and feel. And I, I think that's a big, big part of it. Our mm-hmm. culture shifting and changing and, and we're seeing that. I think that's a yeah. bias that I'm okay with. Cause we, we, we mentioned the political thing and I'm not going to go into politics. Sure. I don't feel like being stoned in here. Um, you know, I don't feel like people throwing rocks at my forehead, but um, yeah, call, definitely clarify yeah, the right. How to make stone. sure we you understand yeah. the, what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> exactly. There's no I, drug I, paraphernalia I, here. How, how did we end up there again? I might explain a little bit on the liberal side, but not that far. Um, <laughs> goodness sakes, alive! You guys made me about forget my thought process. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you did make me forget my thought process. That's my Sorry, that's man. my age. <laughs> oh, 
Dang, you're you're about to erase this because I said I don't want to get on politics because I don't want to get stoned in here because you were talking about something else leading. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I'm back. And we're back. (laughs) No. um, Bias. I'm okay with having a Jesus bias. Mm -hmm. What, What I'm not okay with when we look at things that we observe in life, in the news, in whatever, is having a political bias. If if we have this this bias of Republican or Democrat going into it, like, well, whatever whatever's happening, I'm I'm going to view this through my bias. I'm going to see things as a Republican or as a Democratic Party tells me to see things. Yeah. Then we're messed up. I think we should maybe pull back and and, and observe the the situation through the lens of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and if that ends up making you see things. Oh my goodness, and you and you disagree with with your political party? Oh no, that's okay. <laughs> you don't you don't have to subscribe to a democratic or republican, you know, view, but do subscribe to a Jesus view. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Since since I got the mic before my brain explodes again. <laughs> um another thing that I wanted to, to throw at you that I, I thought was that hit me really 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 heavy. Um in verse 2 he says continue steadfastly in prayer being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. How often do we do the gimme, gimme, gimme prayers? Right. Now, he, d- he does say, at the same time, pray for us also. So yes, there is some gimme, gimme, gimme in prayer. I get it. And Paul gets it too. But he starts off, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. In prayer, I think an important thing is that we thank God. We, I mean, don't you want to have a positive conversation with God? Like, yeah. think about it. Um, a lot of us are parents. When your when your kid talks to you, do you want to hear just dad? Can I have this? Can I have that? Can I have mm-hmm. the other? Or do you want to actually have a conversation with them? That's right. Mm-hmm. And here and here's some of the you know, hey buddy, what happened in your day? Oh, dad, it was awesome. We did you know at school we we were learning multiplication and and I'm getting it and it's awesome. Now, don't you think God wants to hear some of that too? Mm-hmm. So pray with some thanksgiving and have a good conversation with God, not just a bunch of gimme gimmies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thing that I really like in here too is uh, prayer, the subject of prayer leading me to that. Um, right here, it, it just really spoke to me about the importance of us finding what our spiritual strengths and our spiritual gifts are. For it says here, Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect. But this guy, Epaphras, like he knows his role, he knows his strength, and apparently he's the guy that is constantly the one praying. Yeah, And, and, and that just, like I said, it drives home the idea that we need to figure out and this requires us looking inward, and this requires us looking upward and talking to God and finding out and putting in the work of finding out what our giftings are and who we are and what yeah. our strengths are and what a, uh, God has gifted us with to work for his kingdom. And this guy, this is his prayer. What's yours? You know? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. You know, and then just kind of speaking along, the, like looking at the people's names, and Sean, I really appreciate you sharing your story of kind of where you were, your, 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 I guess, how you viewed church, even coming back, the challenges you have, and now God is using your gifting, and now God has, has um, been working in your life and in your mm-hmm. family in a, such an amazing way. And that there's in verse nine, there's a dude called Onesimus. <laughs> and if you know anything about Philemon, the book of Philemon, Onesimus is a slave that runs away from Philemon. And he cheats Philemon in some form or fashion, you know. And so, and and what happens is, is Paul writes to Philemon to to have them reconcile, to have them be reconciled. And so there is there is this beautiful picture of reconciliation that happens. But but he he refers to Onesimus. He's our faithful and beloved 
brother, you know, and I think that's a, there's a beautiful picture there of Paul interacting with somebody that is a runaway slave or a runaway bond servant. And, uh, basically it run on the way from run away from the law, you know, could either be brought back in chains or killed. And, uh, he, uh, he, he basically tells them about Jesus and Jesus changes his life. And then he goes back and, and is reconciled with his master. And now he's doing the mission work. And I, I just love that picture of reconciliation about whatever your story is, whatever you're kind of bringing to the table, God has always the opportunity to bring glory. That's right. You know, and that's where I think part of that can jump back to making most of every opportunity because every opportunity is a chance for the glory of God to come down and to shake the atmosphere and to change the relationships and to change the workplaces and to change the bitterness and the unforgiveness to change the conversations, you know? And, and so I think on us, it's, we're making allowance where we are creating that space for God to, to be a part of and to work and, uh, and regardless of what our past situation is, you know? And so I just, I, I like, that's just a cool, like, Hey, there's an estimate there. It's kind of in passing, but that's yeah. there's so much more to his story. Yeah, and that's uh, we talk about finding your spiritual strengths. Daniel's is being Yoda when it comes to re- recalling <laughs> and putting together scripture yeah. stuff. Man, he does it all the time in our staff meetings, and he just does it here again. And we're all like, "Holy cow! I didn't notice that!" And he's just like, "Yeah, bam, bam, here you go." Why is he? So, all right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. I think it's a good conversation today. Um, mm-hmm. Does anybody want to pray for us today? I'll pray. Okay, uh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. And Jesus, we thank you that even though you are the center of everything, that you choose to uh, love us, that you choose to uh, bring us into your family, and that you choose to be in us and working through us. Uh, What an honor it is. So Lord, I pray we never lose sight of that. We never lose sight of, of your powerful work in us. God, and as long as we have breath in our lungs, you are working. And you have you uh, if you if we give you access, then you can change everything. And so, Father, I just pray that you would uh, help us to see that there's something bigger going on. That uh, our conversations need to be uh, filled with your love and filled yeah. with your grace. God, help us to see there's something bigger going on in our relationships with our families, with our spouses and our children in our workplaces. Um, God, I just pray that you would bring the centrality of Jesus on the forefront of our mind all the time. And, and thank you so much that, uh, we just had a great brother here, uh, Sean to join us and, uh, we pray you bless him and bless his family. Um, and Lord, I pray that you would continue to give us, uh, a vision for the desires that you have for us individually. You created us unique and you have built us to, to be a part of your body in our own unique way. So God, I pray that we walk in that gifting and that calling. In your name, amen. 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 All right, guys, uh, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for listening up to this point and for giving us the opportunity to continue to do this. For me, I don't know if I speak for everybody here at the table. Sean, I know it's your first time, but uh, yeah. for me, this is one of my the highlights of my week. I love coming in here yeah, and having this conversation why. with you guys. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I have grown, honestly, exponentially in my understanding of Scripture uh, my understanding understanding of the the walk in faith, uh, who Jesus is, um, through this experience. So I hope that you guys have too. Um, so Sean, thanks again for joining us today. If you ever want thanks to come back me. and join us, Absolutely. just let us know. Reach out uh, if. 
Yeah, if you're if you're listening right now um, and you want to join us, we we put this out there from time to time. Please reach out to us and let us know because Sean came on today. Uh, he wasn't expecting it yesterday. It was just something that uh, <laughs> came about, and he said, "Sure, why not?" And, and awesome. we really are happy to have you because it always adds adds an extra flavor to the the conversation to have have people in here with us. So thank you, thank you. Um, so yeah, reach out to us. Uh, I am. Uh, you can reach me through my email, Brent S at myelevationcc.org. You can reach us through our general contact. Uh, contact at myelevationcc.org or if you're in here on a Sunday and you'd love to be part of this conversation just come talk to us Um, before not during but after maybe the service Um, but anyway uh, we thank you guys so much for joining us and we look forward to seeing you again next Tuesday until then you guys have a great week go love each other